0: live with Spot Dodge. Today is another one-on-one episode with me and my co-host Brett King Daddy Dilf Larson. How you doing, Brett? I am frustrated. We are frustrated. <laughs> okay, so me and Brett just recorded an entire hour and 20 minute episode that didn't work. So we are we're doing a shorter, brief episode trying to go over all the stuff that we just did, but obviously a shorter version because we don't got all night
1: so this is you gonna know, be brett's a, being I mean, nice Brett. brett's being nice it was my <laughs> fault i'm a dumb ass and wasn't recording from my end so yeah. it was my fault
0: <clears throat> it's it's okay it's okay we don't we don't have to dwell on it let's just get get right back to where we were and try and talk about all the stuff that we just did it was a great episode that no one will ever it was hear. awesome that's yep. the saddest part that no one's
1: It'll ever only gonna know. In our memories <laughs> yep <laughs> Yeah, so today I'm gonna, I'm gonna wake up at like two in the morning tonight in sweat and be like, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> only <laughs> you're me be will ever it. know it. <laughs> well, only me and you will ever know that that conversation took place. But that's okay. We'll have another good conversation.
0: Yeah, we will. So today's gonna be a bite-sized episode, but we're gonna talk about some Nintendo Direct stuff, some Xenoblade, Fire Emblem Three Hopes, and a little bit of Crisis Core and Final Fantasy VII. The universe in general, because there's some controversy going on with exclusivity with that title. And aside from that, we're going to talk about what we're playing. But before all that, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would really mean a lot. And without further ado, let's get into it. See, this was a way cleaner opening than the original, so that's one good thing, right? Yeah,
1: we knocked that out. We now it's, knocked that that's out. over
0: with. Now we can get on into it and talk about the recent rumors about a Nintendo Direct coming on the 29th of this month. However, in the midst of all of that... Nintendo announced a Xenoblade-specific Direct that is happening tomorrow on the 22nd. So, Brett, I know you are not much of a JRPG guy. I personally am, and I love the Xenoblade series, but where are you with this, with this uh, next game? Are you interested in it? Are you going to get it? Tell me all about it.
1: Yeah, I... Um, we, we, we've talked, not just in our previous recording that is lost <laughs> in the annals of history. <laughs> <The> <laughs> but, um, we, we The annals of history. But we have... Uh, we've talked one-on-one before about this. I'm just not much of a JRPG person. Um, <clears throat> which is funny because one of my favorite games of all time is Final Fantasy VII. We'll get back into that later. Well, I'm sure we're going to end on that as we did the last time. Um, but something about Xenoblade has always stuck out to me as I should play this. And... When Xenoblade 3 was announced, I thought it was Last E3, but apparently it wasn't. When it was announced, um, I remember before it showed that it was Xenoblade 3 and and obviously if you're a Xenoblade fan, you knew what the, the you know, the title screen was what what game was coming. But I remember I didn't know cuz I don't know that game. But I remember like before it the the title screen came up that it was Xenoblade 3, I was like, "Hey, damn, this game looks good. Like I'm I'm definitely going to have to get this." So, I was already in at that point. So, uh, yeah, I I definitely want to try this game out, even though it's not my genre of game.
0: Yeah, I've been talking up this, this series for a while. Despite not loving the combat in any of the previous games, I do love the universe, the characters, the stories, the soundtrack. Everything about it I love, except the combat. But this, But the combat is tolerable. So, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one. I do love that this game, when it was first revealed, the trailer, it was immediately into this like drama where these characters are yelling at each other. Someone gets like s- like slapped or punched in the face, and you see some blood fly off. And I'm like, damn, they're going straight into it. And uh, yep. yeah, so the emotions were high mm. in the reveal trailer. So I'm hoping that they cooked up a really good story with this uh, Xenoblade game. Apparently, it's going to somehow connect to the previous two games, but that it's also... um easily accessible for people new to the series so
1: yeah i feel like you were just a you're you're a wd wwe announcer right now emotions are high emotions are high tonight <laughs> where stone cold steve <laughs> austin
0: takes on the undertaker that now that were, those were the days oh he um, gave him the stunner
1: the stunner the stunner yeah. <laughs> Hell in the cell Um, the the attitude era. That was that was it. It was. Yeah, we won't get into it, but yeah, that was definitely some great memories. But uh, Uh, but yeah, you were telling me in our last recording that, (laughs) and I didn't know this about Xenoblade uh combat, but apparently you can kind of go on autopilot. Well,
0: and just let it play
1: itself to a certain degree
0: when the game is teaching you, like early on it's not challenging it's just teaching you how the game works and in xenoblade it's kind of like an mmo where you just sort of target your enemy and then you watch the combat unfold and then you use the abilities and whatnot during that where like like that's where it gets more intricate and early on in the game when it's like smaller weaker enemies you can literally just target an enemy and set down your controller and just (laughs) just like fight but uh as things go on, you are then forced to start using special abilities, switching characters, and using their specific ab- specific abilities to take on different enemies and whatnot. So it does get more intricate and complicated, but yeah, it is very much like an MMO style combat.
1: Yeah, that's, that's I gotta say, it's kind of a turnoff. Like, uh, yeah, I, I use this analogy in, in in the last recording as well that. Um, <clears throat> Hearing that kind of reminds me of the old, like, uh, in Red Dead Redemption 2 where you have to go on a long-ass trek from point A to point B where you can basically just put it on autopilot and, and let it ride drive itself. That well, worked really well in that because it was kind of nice to just put the controller down and yeah, but, stretch your arms a little bit.
0: But let it be known but that, that I, I'm different. just talking about the beginning of the game. No, I, like, know, I know. Not I know. the whole game. But
1: Yeah, for sure. But, um, but it sounds like the combat in general is when you're the least yeah, favorite I'm not into parts the of of your of the game.
0: Um, I mean, like, maybe this one will do something different. I, I liked the Definitive Edition of Xenoblade's combat more than Xenoblade 2. I didn't like all the the lining up you had to do in the second game. I never fully understood the combat the entire time I, <laughs> I played through the entire game. Um, but the first game was easier to understand, and it was just like, just, just use your strong abilities whenever you're in a certain spot, or, like, uh, go hit the enemy's weakness and all that stuff. But... The second game was was more confusing, so I'm hoping it's more like the first game. But I do want to say that Red Dead thing you're just talking about, I loved that you were just able to set down the controller and relo- and then you could also yeah. set the camera to just uh, cinematic mode, and then you could just watch yep. him like just like go through the environments, and then sooner or later get attacked by a bear and then <laughs> until die. you get ambushed, <laughs> goddamn it, yeah. Arthur's dead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, no, such a good game. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that I for sure beat.
0: Yeah, you did not.
1: You <laughs> would have to get into that. Yeah,
0: okay. Didn't play the prologue. I give him shit every day, but he's 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 he's, he's going to play it soon. Um, I downloaded
1: it, okay? I'm going to play it tonight.
0: I can't believe you didn't play the best part of the freaking game. <laughs> um, we're
1: not going to talk about that. <laughs>
0: okay, so, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes out next month on the 29th, I believe, and it's, it's coming up on us quick. I am excited for that one. The year started to really started to fill up after, I said started twice, after um all of the E3, not E3 announcements, and the state of play, and then the Xbox event. Um, so we thought the year was
1: extremely barren, but it turns out it's actually pretty good. yeah It's not that bad. No, it, and and I was kind of hoping that once that not, I hate calling it the not E3, but what <laughs> else do you call it? Like, yeah. I, it still was E3, but it wasn't, you know? Yeah. But I I, I I kind of was expecting things were going to fill up. I mean, it would almost have to because it was a bear bear before this month, like the announcements of this month. Yeah, like but I,
0: I, like we had our list that we always use every year, and it had like three games. There was like on three, it.
1: there was like three legit three games that me and you were both gonna, going. Okay, these are for sure games that we're going to like we're go looking forward to, it, and then we're going to go half on. And um, but now there's like, dude, like. We They're we stacking. still have like a month, a month to a month and a half where there's not too much, and then it kind of goes nuts. Like in September, October, November filled up. So like even I know December that, with
0: like Callisto Protocol coming out.
1: Yeah, I hope that lands that. Dude, me uh, too. I hope that lands that really state I don't want it cause to because there's be generally. Fair. There's generally not much that comes out in December because these companies try and hit that November when people are spending money before Christmas, obviously. Yeah. But damn it, I want to play that December so bad. I hope they don't push that. It was yeah, re- so good. I
0: really hope they don't change the release date for that game.
1: Uh, but yeah, moving just, on. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, that's all good. We can move on.
0: Okay, moving on from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I'm really looking forward to. Definitely. Definitely looking forward to a different JRPG series and its spinoff, Fire Emblem Hyrule Warriors, comes out in two days. How? Oh, wait, is it two days? Yeah. Yeah, two days. But they already released a demo, which I just got to say, I love this thing that a lot of publishers do with uh, JRPGs specifically, which is they'll release a demo ahead of launch and let you carry on all of your progress. And usually that wouldn't be that big of a deal, but a lot of these demos, like for Dragon Quest Eleven, for... for uh, this this Fire Emblem game and a few others, they're meaty demos. Like, this demo is, like, four hours long. Like, that's absolutely yeah. insane. And so the game basically comes out earlier than its actual release date, because you get to, like, play it, and then as soon as it comes out, you can just continue where you left off. Um, but, yeah, I do love the uh, early demo stuff. But, anyway, let's get into Fire Emblem Three Hopes. This is one... I was really looking forward to because i love the fire emblem three houses universe all of its characters and different houses and crazy twists and turns of its story but one big major gripe that i have and i'm just going to be basically making the cliff notes version of my giant rant from our previously recorded podcast Mm -hmm. but i really hate this whole what if scenario like they did with age of calamity breath of the wilds Story like one of the most intriguing elements of its story was the fact that Link woke up and found out that all the heroes died a hundred years ago. It was it it was just really interesting and very unlike Nintendo and Zelda, just straight up telling you, yeah, these people are dead. The or these Gorons and whatnot, they are dead. Um, so it was it was really interesting, like finding out their backstories and stuff in Breath of the Wild, and I was really looking forward to Age of Calamity because we were going to get to know them even more. Before, to the like before we see their inevitable deaths, because <laughs> we knew that they were gonna die, because of uh, um, Age of Calamity took place during that time period. But then they went and did this whole multiverse situation where the good guys go back in time and save their ancestors, and I was just like, what? You guys had something so special to build upon and show us these emotional endings for these characters that you could have developed and made it even more impactful that they died. But instead, you do this stupid multiverse thing where the good guys just have to win. Despite Breath of the Wild story, one of the most intriguing elements of it being the fact that the that the heroes lost. So with Fire Emblem, it's sort of a similar situation but not as big of a crime because Fire Emblem 3 House's story in this game doesn't unfold how it like how it's supposed to. Um the game takes place not before or after, it takes place during Fire Emblem Three Houses and it's an entirely different main character named Shez and Byleth by some weird um, events is like the bad guy now. I haven't gotten too far into it so I don't really know, know uh, Byleth's whole story but basically the game is taking place during the same time period as the original Three Houses did but it's... a a totally different story unfolding with like similar elements and you know the whole cast of characters which the characters is like a really strong point of the three houses uh game so i'm glad to be with them again but like just the fact that like none of that story that i experienced in three houses is going to unfold or has unfolded the fact that it's just basically non-existent sort of hurts the overall like game in my opinion like I loved Three Houses' story. I think it's one of the best gaming stories ever told with some really great moments, twists and turns, emotional moments. And then they're going to basically make it non-canon in Three Hopes, which, it, like, not that Three Hopes is the canon version, but, like, they're two different canons entirely is basically what I'm saying. They're, it's like a what-if scenario. So uh, that's that what disappointed bothers. me. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, that, that irritates me. And I didn't even play three, uh, uh, three hopes and um, three houses. three houses. I'm sorry, and that that even irritates me because I feel like I feel like sometimes using while they can be fun, like a what if story or or a multiverse story or a, even like a time traveling story can be really fun. I also feel like it's it discredits real stories, and, and it's it's a it's a I feel like sometimes it, it's a it's a writer's way of bullshitting their way into like an, another another game or another movie or another you know what I mean like sometimes I feel like it's just lazy writing, and that's their way of explaining why they're doing another 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 season in this series. Or that's why they're. They're doing another game in this series, or or, or so on and so forth. At times, it can be really special and it can be done phenomenally. Um, Spoilers for Final Fantasy VII. I don't want to let you you know if you haven't played that yet. Final Fantasy VII Remake, spoilers for that. But uh, the multiverse stuff done in in Final Fantasy VII Remake was phenomenally done phenomenally well. And uh, it actually made it more interesting, which is surprising because. I thought, for as great as the original story was, what they did actually brought more intrigue to it. But when I found out what I what I did with Age of Calamity, it almost felt like it almost felt like it discredits Birth of the Wild and like everything that stood for.
0: I mean, they're just total like they both <laughs> like they exist in their own continuity, and it's like yeah, that's, it's that's like not they, not they what kind I of want. just
1: cancel each other out. Yeah, and, like and, and that's stupid because. Because white, white, they had this lined up. They had this hand-wrapped and gifted to them this, to have yeah, this like, incredible story in Age of Calamity.
0: You mean, to you just mean Breath have of the Wild?
1: This, or, well, with Age of Calamity, for it to end with like this. Oh, just, yeah. It could have... okay. Just, so just this sob, like just, just as... The game could have been...
0: Oscar worthy but obviously not Oscars because it could have ended on such a high note giving us this bleak sad ending where these characters that you get to know and you fall in love with over the course of Age of Calamity and the little bits that you already know about them from Breath of the Wild it would have ended with their demise and that is so different it's so interesting and I had said this in the previous recording but they could have edited it in such a beautiful way that ends these characters but then still leaves hope at the end where it fades from black and and you see water and it's go it's going up the water and you see Link's face and his eyes open and then from right there it leads right into Breath of the know, Wild. You that's
1: right when Breath of the Wild starts and it could have been so th- th- good. That, you know it could have that that could have been like uh, it, and I said this when we when we talked last like that gave me chills just thinking about that like seeing all the characters' demises and seeing them on like it fades to black and then black suddenly comes back and you just see link and it's like oh my god like that that would be like game of the year material (laughs) stuff like incredible but but they took the chicken shit way out and and somehow changed it and and they
0: changed the course of history because the good guys have to win
1: yeah yeah, the good guys have to win why can't you take a chance and just have this awful sad ending and just let things lay way the way they were supposed to lie And, and it could have been so cool and i feel like yeah. i feel like writers and never take chances enough when it comes to gaming it seems like in movies you see it take they see him take chances it seems like even in like tv shows they take chances to a certain degree they can't do it all the time because they still have to extend the series but you just never see in gaming like it's always the hero is the one at the end of the game with the sword still in his hand and like prevails you, I just, you ever just really, see this awful ending where you're just like <laughs> in tears at the end going, oh my God, I can't believe I just witnessed like all these people dying. Like it was, that and was, then that it, was it, terrible. It,
0: that could have been so good because the game could have been all about building them up and getting to know them and then watching them fail, which is just sad in general. But then that little stinger at the end, it's like, but don't lose hope because Breath of the Wild happened. Breath of the Wild is what's right. next. You get that little right. glimpse at Link waking up and it's like, oh man, I, I kind of feel better now because I know Link goes on to avenge the people that that I just watched get, get killed during this great calamity war or whatever.
1: Um, and it and it's kind of the same with like uh, the the three three hopes and three houses where it's not the multiverse, but it's more like the what if scenario. But yeah. Um, but like, it, why? It, <laughs> like, that's that is it, it's, it's intriguing different. in a way but it's also at the same time like why not just make a a new story? Why why or just does it have a prequel, to be like the same characters but like, just in a you know, what ifs like spin-off kind of thing, you it, know?
0: Like like my thing is like, they could have just made it a full prequel. It didn't have to take place during when Three Houses takes place, and then Shez comes in instead of Byleth. It could have just been you play as Shez. He was a guy that was there before Byleth ever showed up. That It tells this whole story, and you get to know these characters even more than you did in Three Houses. And then sooner or later, obviously, Shez isn't around in Three Houses, so... Like um, uh, maybe Shez like sacrifices him his, himself or something. Not that it has to be like yeah. this sad ending again, but I don't right. know something that explains but, why Shez is no longer it, there.
1: It, it could have just like had some continuity and just move yeah, forward went the right story into, instead yeah. of yeah
0: breaking all the yeah, continuity. Sure. And, um,
1: but yeah, stuff, the, stuff like that's annoying. Like I I just feel like it, it almost it almost makes you feel like why do I want to replay like the same timeline as different characters? Like what's What's my motivation in that? Like exactly, you know what I mean? like, that's
0: sort of how I'm feeling about it. But I did want to talk about the actual game itself, um, the characters and stuff. Like, like seeing all these faces again is is very nostalgic, even though the game came out like two, three years ago. Um, and it's all done really well in terms of the like social dynamic and like talking to them, walking around the camp and whatnot. And the fact that it's not a strategy game, but it's an action game, feels better than going from like menu-based strategy to like menu-based uh character stuff (laughs) like it's a lot different you're fighting you're like dodging you're running around you're doing all that and then you're going and slowing down and talking to everyone back at the camp so that dynamic works a bit better in terms of the social stuff along with the action but i do love the strategy elements of the actual fire emblem games but um yeah the game's fun the combat's i mean it's it's like every other like dynasty warrior style game um there are some elements that i, I like, I do like but, what
1: I, I do like that it is a uh I, I guess a trial for lack of a better term um i guess that's exactly what it is right is a trial because you're you, oh you yeah. get like how many hours four hours <clears throat> well
0: no you can play up to a certain point um so it like but i'm assuming someone hours, though, right? could make this well it's a, it's roughly around four hours long but oh, okay I'm a, oh, i think oh it's,
1: it's still just a demo then
0: yeah it's just a demo like it's not play a trial. To a certain point yeah. Gotcha. It gotcha. just takes around gotcha, okay. four hours to actually complete the whole thing. Um, gotcha. But I'm sure the, some people could speed I, I through it. I do
1: like that. I do like that because since I never played Three Houses, this will kind of give me like a main line of like, okay, this is what the game is. And I mean, the one benefit. If it great. If it doesn't, then. Brett, the yeah, one yeah, no, benefit for sure. is
0: for people who never played Three Houses. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you could still play Three right. Hopes because it's a totally That's different true. story so that is the one that, and that's, that's probably point. what they were I, going I was,
1: for <laughs> maybe they, they might have um, I, I was saying in the <laughs> earlier though it was funny I, I uh, Br- Brett has talked about three houses plenty of times before and, and like a few nights ago he's like Brett I don't think you're ever gonna play this game. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Do you mind if I just completely spoil Three Houses for you? And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I really don't like being spoiled about st- or on-, on things, especially a game that big. Like that was up for Game of the Year that year. But I'm like. If I'm being honest, because at the time I thought it was like a 90-hour game. Like I, I had read something on it, and I thought it was like mainline 90-hour yeah. game. I was there like, was early reports being honest, that I'm... were
0: combining playing the, through the game three times and considering that the full length yeah. of the game. But that's not necessary if you, if you don't want to do that.
1: No, so, at all. And so, so I had that in my head, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm being honest with myself, no matter how great it is, I'm probably not going to start a 90-hour game. So go ahead and spoil it. So he he gives me this big spiel of, of, of context and like leads me up and he goes and that leads into this cutscene and he shows me the cutscene and I'm sitting there watching it like I'm watching a TV show like hanging <laughs> on on every word and it ends and the only thing I say back after is God damn it Brett I wish you wouldn't have told me or showed me <laughs> that because I wish I would have experienced that for myself now like
0: dude it was I, something I, special. I,
1: I, I, like, I understand it now, like, why he liked it so much, why it was hailed at, to such a high degree, and uh, maybe this is perfect for me then, because, like, I, I see why it was so special, and maybe maybe this game is, is perfect for me then. I don't know.
0: Maybe. I'm still not sure if you would love the Muso style combat. It's kind of repetitive, kind of just sort of gets the job done and then moves you on to the next part of the story. Um, I honestly think you if you would have... Fully dedicated yourself to Three Houses back when it came out, especially since we were friends around then, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, when we first kind of started talking. A little I
0: don't, bit, I don't, yeah. I don't know if we game shared back then, but I got the game like a month early because it was, it was such a long I, game that they sent it to us early. Actually,
1: actually, we hadn't become that good of friends yet. I, I still remember the. F- I asked you a question. I said, "Should I? I have a, a, a gift card for one game. Oh yeah, you asked like, Should I get me. Links Awakening?" Links Awakening or or Fire Fire Emblem Fire Emblem Three Hopes or Three Houses and you're like they're very different games <laughs> uh, you can't really go wrong with either it, it all depends on your game style you didn't know me that well back then so I was yeah. like okay
0: and you probably played but thirty like, minutes Link, of Links Awakening and Links stopped. Awakening
1: <laughs> seemed like like it'd be more my style and I it didn't jive with me so I wish I would have gotten Fire or Three Houses now but uh, anyways yeah that's funny yeah funny memory um, to think back on now
0: it, it is funny because that, that was before we game shared like for those who don't know yeah. brett has access to all my games on every platform and, and i have access to all his on every platform yep so, we literally
1: uh, when we say do you want to go halfsies we we literally mean it like we split we split the price on games we know we're both gonna play so it's very it works out for us.
0: and great yep. those those 70 dollars sony games are only 35 for us now <laughs> hey um, don't pick on
1: sony oh god here he goes <laughs> the pony himself um
0: the pony. but yeah
1: the we king t- daddy pony <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah the game is pretty good like despite my qualms with it i'm still having a good time and i'll probably play it till the end of the demo and then if, if something happens like story-wise at the end of the demo that's like i can't refuse like i'm gonna be like Just oh, screw you. it i'm gonna buy it yeah. um
1: all right and and let me know then like if if it gets to a point if it gets to a point where you're like dude okay this got really good you let's let's get this then i'll trust your your judgment on it
0: yeah but and the fact that it that the story like the golden path is apparently only 15 to 20 hours honestly intrigues me more i feel more inclined to buy it because yeah let's face it like a lot of video games are too long and i end up abandoning them um
1: that's really bite-sized it's more consumable for sure
0: yeah Now let's get into the next topic, which was oh yeah, all the Final Fantasy news. There was one big thing: Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which obviously continues the remake trilogy. Now they confirmed it's a trilogy, which is interesting. Um, Having been like having played the original recently, I'm I'm playing it right now for the first time, all the way through. it's so funny to me that the first game literally all takes place in the first, like, two hours of the original game. And then, then the original is game weird? is still, like, 30 hours long after that.
1: <laughs> two dozen hours? Three dozen hours? like Yeah, I... like,
0: I don't even know how they're... Like, they're going to definitely have to cut some stuff if, this, if there's only two more games in this trilogy. Unless they just speed it up, like, hardcore. Because there's, like, well, so many fu- elements of the original that are probably not going to be in this whole remake yeah, trilogy. I,
1: it, dude, at this, at it, this pace, they it, it would be like, eight like parts eight games, this, you yeah. know? Cause, cause yeah, dude, because like the Final Fantasy VII remake was what, 20, 25 hours? Like it was a meaty ass yeah, game. I think it was like sure. 30,
0: 40, maybe 50. It was pretty long. Maybe,
1: long, maybe, yeah, like it was a, <laughs> it was not a short game. And then when you compare it to where in the, the original game, it was like, like you said, two or three or, maybe four hours to get out of
0: that 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 area yeah out of out of midgar it was literally like two hours like it's ridiculously short (laughs) Um, so
1: obviously they're gonna probably skip areas skip some stuff and i trust them i mean after the first part i i definitely trust whatever they have coming up next because they knocked it out of the part out of the park with the with the first part of the remake
0: definitely and interestingly enough despite the remake only being on PS5 and PC, the original on PC, PC now. Um, Crisis Core, the prequel to Final Fantasy VII, and now sort of sequel to remake, because it seems like they're going to be building some connections there. Um, It's coming out on everything, even Switch, (laughs) which is interesting because, I mean, Square and Sony have been... each other's d a lot lately and it's pretty (laughs) cool that it's coming everywhere but it's also kind of bizarre at the same time you know um
1: i'm still surprised we haven't heard the sony has acquired square like how many how many like deals do we have to see where it's just a sony game i mean there was I mean, they never even officially said it, but this is a year and a half later, and Final Fantasy VII Remake's only been on PlayStation and, well, what, and PC.
0: What's crazy is a Final Fantasy VII Remake, the original box, like the case for PS4, said only on, on PS4 until like April 2019 or something like that, so oh, making did, people that. assume that, okay, so after that date, it's going to come to Xbox, obviously, and then it never yeah. did, so and the rumor was was that sony kept extending the license of it like over and over like paying to keep it exclusive okay sony has been really into paying for these like timed exclusives but like way longer than your typical timed exclusive like the rumor was was that they were paying for starfield exclusivity as well before microsoft bought bethesda um and then with spider-man obviously,
1: they're like god damn it you're not getting you're not getting starfield get the hell out of our way yeah and then but yeah i mean after after final fantasy 7 remake then they also did Forspoken, which is a yeah. true square like, enix uh, game um, once again yeah and then uh final fantasy 16 Those yeah 16 is exclusive exclusives. as
0: well like they're fully into it and and i'm i'm curious if if in the beginning stages if if spider-man was ever a timed exclusive because that 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 was before sony bought insomniac insomniac just made an xbox exclusive right before that um and it was disney involved so like i'm sure disney would have wanted it on all platforms because before spider-man ps4 yeah. spider-man was on all platforms for years um, so i'm wondering if that was ever potentially on the like in like planned to come to more than just ps4 well, for such I, a long time
1: i read some story correct me if i'm wrong cuz you're usually on top of like microsoft news but I read some story where Spider-Man was presented to Xbox and they turned them down cuz they didn't want to pay the royalties on it or something. Yeah, there was Basically Sony said we'll do it and it's like paid off like insane dividends for <laughs> yeah. them. So so Spider-Man was almost an Xbox game.
0: Yeah, apparently in, in uh, early stages of the game's like before it existed um Mm -hmm. insomniac i think went to disney and then disney was shopping around to like who wants to publish the game or a marvel and disney and um and microsoft said no but like when you think about it um sunset Overdrive, despite being critically praised did not sell well at all insomniac just developed that exclusively on xbox and xbox was sort of just giving up on all exclusive stuff around that time like yeah it was a pretty that that was dry it was, a, it was a dark
1: time for microsoft it was a that, dry generation stretch
0: um yeah there was a lot of like um games that they published that weren't a part of their first party stuff that that ended up being really good like like ori like both those games and whatnot but yeah they were totally like once they saw that they have like they would have to like split all the money with disney and marvel they were like yeah it's probably not worth it it's just a Spider-Man yeah. game, you know? Like, they were probably just thinking, I mean, look at the sales of the other Spider-Man games. They're good, but not, like, crazy, like, investments that we should go do. Um,
1: and now Spider-Man's become, like...
0: It's freaking massive. Sony's
1: best-selling game of all time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's uh, one of
0: their highest-selling first-party games, Spider-Man 1. Isn't it
1: 20 million Yeah, units? over 20 million Something. units. Over 20 million units. That's crazy. Yeah, but anyway, it's, yeah. It's nuts that... We don't have to stay on this too long, but it's nuts that really had xbox given them the words insomniac would be theirs and uh they they did sunset overdrive and didn't doing very well and now you fast forward how many years later and it's like insomniac is sony's best probably studio. Sony's <laughs> most yeah it's probably sony's most important studios in terms of cranking out project after project after project and all of them are fucking 10 out of 10s you know I so oh, I don't know about 10
0: uh, out of 10s, but they're all great.
1: Well, if you if if you're looking See, I might be biased, but I think both Spider-Mans are and uh I I loved the Ratchet and Clinks, so I I would say at least they're a 9.
0: Yeah, that, that But they're just all like, great games, yeah. so. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, back to Crisis Core. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> this has been um I played Crisis Core for the first time right after Final Fantasy VII Remake because I loved the remake so much that I was like, I need more. I gotta know more. Um, so I went, I went back and played that on a PSP emulator. I downloaded it specifically just to play Crisis Core, and I never touched the emulator ever again. Um, but it's a great game, and they're 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 giving it quite a significant facelift. They have the new voice actors from the remake trilogy now um, in Crisis Core. I mean, honestly, if 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 this new Crisis Core does end up tying more closely, t- which it seems like it is with the hints they're leaving, this is sort of part of the like, the remake trilogy, wouldn't you say? Like, it's I feel like it's that important and that necessary to play and get that context for Cloud and Zack. And Zack obviously seems yeah. pretty dang important because of the ending of the first game or the first remake. And then now, yep. I, I think he was in the trailer for the new one, wasn't he? Or was it maybe his... Yeah, he was. He he was in it with Cloud whenever he was, was carrying him. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be pretty important. So yeah, this new Crisis Core I would say is almost just as important as the other games, and if you want all the, the background and the context. And uh,
1: yeah, so you you, you kind of almost are going to want to play this before it, even though it's not like this incredible triple A looking game. Like it's it's going to yeah. be important to the continuity of the game, and specifically Zack who is. Sounds like it to be pretty big in this next remake, this yeah. next chapter of the remake.
0: They must have some but type even, of plan even for just,
1: him. E- even, yeah, and even just understanding like who he is and their journey from Final Fantasy VII to where they're at now. Um, because like I said, Final Fantasy VII, the, the first chapter ends in such a way that I all of a sudden wanted to know who this character was that I didn't know before because I never played Crisis Core and uh, the only the only reason I even knew much about it was because you went back and downloaded it. The, the and game I kept and played it on, you stuff. on PC. <laughs> and you kept telling me stuff, and I was like, ah, I want to play this, but I really don't want to go do like the emulator thing and play it on my laptop and stuff. So I just never did. So I'm I'm really excited that this is coming out.
0: Yeah, um, I'm def- I'm probably gonna replay it like just because. It got a nice facelift. They, they changed all the voices, which I have gripes about, which we talked extensively they, on in our original recording. Um, they,
1: they, they broke the Brett Medlock golden rule of changing voice actors. Well, here's the, here's the thing. they did it, at least they did it to be consistent with what they already from. changed. Yeah,
0: Exactly. They, so they, it
1: kind of makes sense, even though it's annoying.
0: I'm mad that they originally even changed the voices for the remake because they didn't in Japan. They just did it in the, in the U.S. And uh, I was disappointed in that because I, I liked all the voices, specifically Barrett, Cloud, and honestly, Zack. I liked those older voices a lot more. Um, but with the remake, they, re- they recasted everyone. And now with Crisis Core coming out, they've actually recasted Zack to match his voice from the remake. I'm not sure who's playing him, but... Which I don't love. Um, yeah, I sent Brett clips from the trailer and then clips of the original <laughs> Crisis Core.
1: He Zach Zach kind of sounds like a wimp a little bit. Like he sent me a, a few clips and it's like he sounds like a badass in the original. He's like, "Let's get him!" <clears throat> and then and then in the in the remake, <laughs> it's like, "Let's get him!" Ah! <laughs> <Like, laughs> that's, like that's a total. like a That's a total exaggeration.
0: But yeah, I agree. He no, does not yeah, sound not that bad. bad. But like it's he not just that he bad. just
1: sounds like. He just sounds from like the the original like a totally different tone. Yeah, um, like his voice but, in the original. Hey, I'm sure Wizard once, once you play it, it won't even like an hour. I'm so sure it's fine. Yeah, it. um,
0: yeah I did. I did fine. notice that they changed uh, the dialogue a few times in the trailer. Like it's not the exact same as the original Crisis Core. It's like saying the same stuff but in different ways. I'm wondering if yeah. maybe this new translation, clo- like more closely follows the Japanese words um that's probably what they're doing there like they want it to be like more one-to-one um yeah maybe because i'm sure something got lost in translation a few times while they were making it on psp but yeah this this new crisis core really intrigues me because i do think they're going to end up adding more content that's going to better connect to this remake trilogy uh, trilogy that's going on and zach is a character i really like and i'm interested to see this new actor play him and it's going to be awesome hearing the new Aerith. um as Aerith in this game, even though I did love the previous one. It's just, I mean, I'm sort of trying to get in the mind space where it's like I always have to remember that the other game still exists, the original still exists. So if they make these yeah. bizarre Same changes... It's you can do. Like recasting Leon Kennedy fifteen mm-hmm. times, like I just have to remember Leon in Resident yeah. Evil Four is the best Leon, and that's just a fact. I'll, I'll
1: always, I'll always be able to go back and play the original. You know, <laughs> just you
0: have, can, have to remember so that. All you
1: can do is just keep that in the back of your head. You know?
0: I do think them recasting all of the Final Fantasy Seven crew, though, it was a bizarre, it was a bizarre choice. Like the voices sound yeah. so similar, and I guarantee you, the actors that were previously doing it were much cheaper than, than the than the right. bigger people that they got to come in.
1: Oh, uh, why wouldn't they do it again? You know, I, I'm sure they would have been oh, happy to, to reprise yeah. that role. They, they all know? would have
0: definitely come back. Like, like, I mean. No question. The girl who, who, who was in, like, Doctor Who as, as like, a main character, she, be, she became, like, a big actress. She still went back and played Melia in the Xenoblade expansion when that, when that came to Switch. Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so you, I was you, like, "Are you talking about the actress that became the female Doctor Who?"
0: I don't, I don't know if she's the female one, but she's a, like a bigger character on the show. Um, oh, okay. She was uh, uh, back when she played the character in the Wii version of Xenoblade. She wasn't a very big actress at all, but in exactly. that ten-year okay. gap, she got much bigger and started getting like bigger roles. But she still came back and, and played Melia again, which was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm positive that the, the other actors would have come back and played them. And keep in mind, they played them in the reveal trailer. <laughs> so they thought they yeah. were going to be in the game. I bet they were so happy. Like,
1: if, That's if, true. If <laughs> you
0: go back and watch the first Final Fantasy VII trailer, you will hear all of the previous voice actors. And by previous voice actors, I mean the characters, the actors that played Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, all from the animated movie. And the various cameos from other games like Smash Brothers and, and Kingdom Hearts, like all of those voice actors were in the original Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer. And then they all got replaced.
1: <laughs> That's kind of messed up. <laughs> it is. Like, it's,
0: it's messed up. It's uh, like uh, one of the most honest interviews I've ever uh, listened to was on this uh, podcast called R- uh, Residence of Evil. They interviewed Claire, the voice actress, the old voice actress of Claire. And it was finally someone being open and honest and being like, yeah, like, I wanted to keep playing the character. But Capcom started going through a different hiring agency here in the U.S. And then they only wanted to hire all of their friends and, and people who lived in California. So that's what happened. Then they, so they, bizarre. They recasted everyone. And then uh, um, uh, Matthew Mercer, who played Leon in like, Resident Evil 6 and whatnot... He, he wanted to keep playing Leon, but he, he went through like some type of agency that Capcom didn't work with because the actors get paid more or whatever. And it's like, man, I wish these studios like cared much, more about that, that continuity.
1: How hard could it be for Capcom to just be like, okay, even though you're with this other agency, we'll, we'll work around it, figure it out. Like exactly. for, for the sake of these diehard fans that know you as Leon, we'll figure it out, we'll make it work. It's bizarre to me, dude. Like it could not be that hard. And
0: the thing is, is like, Capcom cares in Japan where where right. they're at because they keep all the same voice actors. Same with Square. The original Cloud yep. from the movie, the CG movie. I don't know if you remember that uh, Advent Children. He's still playing mm-hmm. Cloud in the in the remake. Like, so like people are always like, well, it's a it's a whole remake, it's a reboot. So yeah, they recast everyone. But it's like, well, they didn't recast them in in Japan. Yep. Thus, yeah. S- same with Leon in in Resident Evil Two Remake. Same Leon from Resident Evil Six. Like you know what I mean? Yep. Nope. But yeah.
1: Japan doesn't mess around with voice acting. Like they they stay they true to their <laughs> no yeah. matter no matter the company, no matter the game. Like they they keep it together. I love that about them.
0: For sure. But uh, yeah. So I guess uh, that's pretty much it on Crisis Core. Um, I'm r- I'm actually really excited for that, even though I just played the game not not that long ago. <laughs> um
1: yeah I'm, I'm for sure playing it too i'm excited the
0: combat looks more smooth than it did in the psp version like if you did like a dodge roll which i think was in the game um if i'm thinking correctly i'm pretty sure there's like a dodge roll um like right after you did it you'd be like stopped in your tracks for a second and then you could start running it looked like in this one in the trailer like when he jumps and rolls he like continues that that uh, momentum and like into his running animation. Um, so it's nice that they made little like quality of life changes like that, uh, but yeah, where are you at on on all of this?
1: <laughs> no, I, I it's it's funny like for me being like the last JRPG person to talk to you on this is like ninety percent of this this episode, which is great because I just don't talk or I I don't play that many JRPGs, but um, I love Final Fantasy, I love Final Fantasy Seven and i've i've always told you like when you played crisis core i wish i could have played that back in the day and uh i would i'm super super excited i hate saying stoked but i (laughs) am stoked to play crisis Core. i really am like i've I've always been jealous of the fact that you were able to play that and i just didn't want to go do the emulation route and uh so when i found out they were doing the the remaster remake whatever you want to call it it's basically just a remaster right Mm -hmm. I mean it's like a
0: it's like a it's like a halfway like remaster half slash between. remake. 'Cause like um, the
1: graphics look pretty significantly much like better. Yeah. It, like, it looks a lot better than just like an up res.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not just an up res. They 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 redid all the environments, all the character models. It's just yeah. a very similar skeleton to the to the original game, it looks like. Yeah. Like all the same so so structure exci- and layout.
1: Yeah, so I'm excited just because it mainly because uh I always wanted to know who Zach was, and I never got to know who he was because I didn't play Crisis Core, but I knew of him, so this will be cool. I'm excited to play it.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's actually a really good story. Um, I've really fell in love with the Final Fantasy VII universe over the past few years now, um, and speaking of that, I'm actually playing the original game. We we won't go too long on what we're playing, but I did want to shout out, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII, the original, not for the first time because I played it as a kid, but I never like completed it or really paid much attention to the story as a kid. I do have those fond memories of like, especially playing through the beginning. Cause I had like a demo disc uh, when I wasn't at my cousin's house who actually had the game. Um, so I played through that demo a lot of times, but I was never able to play through the entire game myself. And I probably wouldn't even have had the attention span to complete a game like this when I was like seven yeah. or eight or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm finally playing through it. I know it's sort of a, 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 it's like a criminal offense that I haven't actually played through the original ever, I did obviously know, the st- like, most of the story and stuff because that's just sort of known to the public now. Like, with Aerith and whatnot, what happens with all that. But, dude, like, for a game that came out in 97, like, there are some really impressive things they got going on. Like, with the CG cutscenes, with how you're able to sometimes even move around when there's a CG cutscene going on. Like, if there's, like, a transition and you're on, like, a, a ship or something it'll all be like a pre-rendered cutscene but they'll somehow let you control your character who's obviously not pre-rendered because he'll stick out like a sore thumb like compared to the rest of it because like it's all like really blurry um but yeah there's just a lot of technical stuff going on in this game that was that's like really impressive and if i would have taken the time to play this in 97 i think i would like i would have like my mind blown because (laughs) of all of the incredible set pieces and story moments and just like everything about the game is super impressive and this is old news obviously like final fantasy 7 is amazing everybody knows that but as someone who's just now like playing through all of it in 2022 it it is actually a really special game and i'm enjoying it a lot and i'll probably talk about it a lot more in the next episode because i'll probably beat it today tonight or tomorrow um and then yeah that's pretty i am i am playing 13 sentinels and scarlet nexus but i'll i'll save that for next week what have you been playing lately
1: so f- Real quick, I just wanted to say, um, because I have so many fond memories of Final Fantasy. I was a little older than you when it came out, so even though I was still a kid, like I was. That was like the first game that forced me to sit down and try something different in games as opposed to like the normal, like playing like a. I don't know, Jet Moto, or I yeah. don't know if you've ever played that, or like sports game, or yeah. like a you know, like a, a game where I'm sitting with my friends playing. To just sit and and pay attention to a story, and like level up this character and grow with this character. And dude, I I I love I. Final Fantasy VII, even though Brett gives me shit all the time, it's... it's, Because
0: you don't remember it. (laughs)
1: He will not believe me that I beat Final Fantasy VII. Okay, I I will believe you that you beat
0: it, but I'm telling you, you just don't remember anything.
1: (laughs) No, and I'll agree to that, but but you also have to remember, that was 23 years ago that I played that game. So, I I definitely don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. Um, But... There's certain like little memories that I have that were so special to me like going back to school and I had a friend where I would go back and say like, hey, did you play this part and he'd be like, oh, I haven't done that yet. I haven't done that yet. I was just in this area. Have you done that? And I was like, oh, yeah, I did that. That was so cool. And like doing the chocobo races and the snowboarding and like little things that are dumb to us now as adults but we're so fun like as a kid and just yeah. having like the water cooler talks with friends at school. It was the first game that I would go to school and actually talk to someone because it it's, was long enough to actually sit and have discussions with people about.
0: It's funny because pretty much everything you're saying was my exact experience but with Ocarina of Time. Like that was the mm-hmm. water cooler. I mean I I grew, I grew up on Nintendo kid. Like we 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 had so, a PlayStation like off and on. I'm not sure like why things would come and go all the time. Probably have something to do with my brother selling it for weed or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like we always had an N64. So like Ocarina of Time is that game I look back on with a lot of the love and uh, nostalgia glasses that a lot of people look back at Final Fantasy seven with. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the game is truly impressive. Like even in 2022, I'm able to put myself in the 1997 shoes of someone and be like, wow, this was really impressive for its time Crazy. like yeah. s- the scope of the game is just really really good like it's hard to believe that that ocarina of time and final fantasy 7 came out fairly close together like they're only one year apart and they're probably not even a full year apart they're just different like uh, calendar yeah. years but uh yeah like it, it, two like iconic games
1: yeah it, it, it's funny too um because now if we look at a game and like we see a cutscene. You almost kind of roll our eyes a little bit, like, okay, the cutscenes are awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, how cool? How how cool is a cutscene? But back in ninety seven, when you're seeing a cutscene of that quality, my mind was absolutely blown. I was like, there's saying, no like, way this shit is, <laughs>
0: dude. And what's like the? That's why, like, I feel like if I would have played this back then, the cutscenes look really good, like for the time. And you can yeah. literally move around in some of them, like your characters. Yeah. So it's like. You're mm-hmm. not even watching this thing that you can't interact with. You're actually existing in this gorgeously done CG cutscene a lot of the time, and I'm like, yeah. wow. I don't even know how they did it. Like, it's just really yeah. interesting
1: and special. For back then, yeah. For back they, then, they I don't set know how the bar did. incredibly high. It's, it it was special. It'll always be a special game to me. So, anyways, um, but yeah, uh, I know we've kind of ran further than we were expecting. Yeah, so it ended up being like a normal re-record. episode. <laughs> So I'll just be quick on this. So what I'm playing, um, I am playing the, how should I call it, the the redheaded stepchild of the two Bethesda PlayStation exclusives (laughs) exclusives, or uh, uh, timed exclusives, I guess I should say. Um, It's funny because Deathloop gets all the the love and uh, all the acclaim and Game of the Year nominees and maybe even awards. And Ghostwire just got kicked to the curb, <laughs> and what's funny is to me it was the exact opposite. I own both, and Deathloop did not. To me, anyways, it just didn't. It didn't work, and and I think it's because of the genre. I we, we talked about this earlier as well. Like I just don't like roguelites. I, I can't get behind a game that will ask you to constantly replay an entire hour, two hour section, die, lose all your health lose all your your abilities, lose all your guns, and then start over and do all that over again with just a handgun. I I just can't I can't get behind that. And that's basically Deathloop. And I know that it's a little it's got certain parts of it that that separate itself from traditional roguelites, but still to get those abilities you have to like play a certain section or play a certain level like three times over and over and over. And that that to me just isn't fun. It doesn't respect my time and I just don't like that kind of game. Yeah, like, so I'm sort of, I, Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, you're good. I was just going to say, so I am down on, on Deathloop, and I'm actually kind of high on Ghostwire Tokyo, where I feel like no one talked about Ghostwire Tokyo, and everyone loved Deathloop.
0: Yeah, it's... I just have to accept the fact that these are, like, like, uh, roguelites, and honestly, uh, Souls-style games. I, I do like a few Souls-style games, but I'm not, like, a huge fan of them. I just have to accept the fact that these things are going to continue to get bigger and bigger and be more acclaimed yeah. and everyone's going to love them, but they're just not for me. Like, I'm yep. just not going to get into them. It's just not
1: my style. And 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 it's unfortunately, kind of, we're getting outnumbered by yeah. the day. <laughs> and more and more people are loving like, this miserable type of gaming experience. Exactly. I don't know why you want to play a game like this, but more and more people, I don't know if it's because, like, it's like that the, it tests them and it's like a test of your your will, and, like, you know, how good you are as a gamer to do, like, the whole Elden Ring thing of getting your ass slaughtered 20 times in a row before you finally beat a boss, and it gives you that, like, that, like, feeling of, of, uh, like, like, uh,
0: like, even when I play a Souls game, like, I don't, I'm like, I I, I beat Demon's Souls, and I beat, like, other Souls-like games, like, uh, Mortal Shell, but I wasn't really necessarily enjoying them, I was just it's I was liking the fact anything. that I was overcoming a challenge. And I think that's what right. it, that's what people are super into. I'm just not super into always doing that all the time.
1: It, it, and that's that's kind of what I was building up to saying and I couldn't put the words together is like that it's like you, you get to that point where you beat a boss that you've died at 10 times and then you finally beat it and you you feel that like that feeling of god I finally did it like and it's supposed mm-hmm. to like be this awesome kind of experience. But to me If anything, it's more like, "Fuck! I finally beat that shit! Damn it! I just want to move on. I don't want to play that boss again. I don't care that I beat it. I just want to move on. Like that was two hours I lost on the same boss that I don't ever, that I'll never get back. Like I don't, I don't get that feeling of of being like proud of myself or like it feeling cool. I get more frustrated than anything else. Like I, I'm I'm different than a lot of people when it comes to these games. But anyways, getting too far off of Ghostwire Tokyo." I think it's a nice little game. Um, I'd probably give it like a seven five eight. 5 uh, 8 Nothing amazing, nothing bad. It's kind of it was just like the the perfect game for me right now where there's not a lot going on. And uh, like we said earlier, there's was, there was a podcast we both listened to. Colin Moriarty had talked about it a few times. And him and the guys on the podcast were both positive on it when not a lot of people in the industry are positive. And the more and more I, I kept 10-room talk, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So I bought it. And I liked it a lot. Like, it was, I didn't love the story. The story didn't really do a whole lot for me. And that's part of the reason I would say it was amazing. But, like, it's a, it's a really addictive kind of gameplay loop. And I liked that a lot. The combat was fun. And uh, yeah, so there's that. And then after I beat that, I did the other weird Brett Larson thing. And I went and found some obscure indie. <laughs> I, I find like the, the most odd, like, artistic indies and download them when no one else knows what the hell they are and it's called uh, gibbon beyond the trees and it's like a a 2d game where you play as like a a gorilla and you're swinging through the trees and that sounds really stupid and (laughs) like even the beginning i it does it sounds dumb but even the first like couple chapters it's just teaching you how to like swing through the trees and i'm like okay my eyes are kind of glazing over i'm probably never gonna finish this and then it kind of starts to take a turn and, like, it starts to kind of, uh, like, open up, and you, you'll start to see, like, mankind, like, uh, like chopping down certain parts of the forest and, and certain parts of the the trees that the, the monkeys were normally swinging through, and it's starting to kind of get, like, that sad music, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a forest fire they have to deal with, and, and you're trying not to die, and you and your child, as you're trying to swing through these areas, and it's starting to kind of take, like, an emotional toll, so... It actually went from being kind of boring and like, I probably won't finish this, to now it's actually got my interest in i I'm sure it's going to be a, a quick few hour game, so I'll probably finish that up tonight and, and be able to tell you what I thought after, next week when, when we do our show.
0: Awesome. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention with Ghostwire was that, I said this in our previous recording, I feel like the game would have really benefited from being on a subscription service like Game Pass. I feel like for sure it doesn't like it's. I feel like it's the type of game that people w- were on the fence about and and ultimately didn't end up buying it. But if it would have been like accessible to them through a Game Pass subscription they were already paying for, I'm I, I definitely think more people would have hopped in and played it, or m- maybe even subscribed to a cheaper service to
1: hop in and play it. You know, um, I, I also think the fact that it was announced as a, a Sony exclusive and then microsoft bought bethesda so people knew it was going to be free eventually yeah. that instantly cut out how many like millions of potential uh, I also didn't uh, see much marketing they, they could have bought didn't didn't get a ton of marketing i wonder if part of that is sony was just like let's just get it out like it's it's <laughs> microsofts at this point like i guess it's just drop it and see what happens whereas it like deathloop they were doing the they're doing state of plays like Deathloop state of plays, but you never really, yeah. did. We ever get a, a Ghostwire Tokyo state? of I don't, play? I don't remember
0: don't one. I don't. I don't think so. Was,
1: that's what I'm saying. They, they treated it like the redheaded stepchild, <laughs> and it was actually good. I liked it. Uh, the so the main thing know. that
0: turned me off about that game was, um, the game got announced with its director up on stage at the Bethesda showcase, and she was like this really sweet, uh, uh girl, and she was the director, and. That's kind of rare in Japan, I've heard, to have, like, a girl director for a game. Um, I think it's Mm. starting to become more of the norm, but it was cool that, like, they were putting her front and center. That's not typical of Japan, and it's honestly probably because uh, Bethesda is not a Japanese company, but they own a Japanese studio, which is uh, Tango Gameworks, who made the game. But the fact that she left halfway through the project, I was like, man, that sort of, like, sucks. (laughs) Like, I I was interested in what her vision was because, I don't know, she she was a very interesting
1: character you know it always it always makes me wonder and i know we're, we're getting close here it always <laughs> makes me wonder when when like a director or a writer leaves halfway through like how did it finish then if someone that important left halfway through the project like i know that there's other people of course other important pieces of each part of the game that stayed but like how does someone that important just leave and then you just go okay well we'll finish it you know like i i would think that that would just you have to immediately rumble a project
0: uh yeah, like I feel like they like you would have to find someone who had such a similar vision and the same talents to envision something s- so complicated as a video game. Like, um, yeah. but yeah, I I uh, also did want to say, uh, going back to the the multiverse slash like what if scenario of these spinoff games for um for Age of Calamity, I mean for uh, Breath of the Wild and Fire Emblem Three Hopes. I'm honestly mad at myself for never, like I can't believe I never played this because I love Persona 5, but I never played for, uh, Persona Strikers. And this is apparently like the only one of them all that actually is a continuation of the Persona 5 story, which is, oh, it's wow. not like a what if scenario. It's not some multiverse thing. It's like, per, like in the marketing, they kept putting a two in, instead of an S. It, w- it would say Persona 5 tube and then it would flip over and be the S um as like for strikers uh, that's right yeah so i'm i'm probably gonna get to playing that i'm just playing a lot right now i was gonna but say
1: now you'll have to play that I yeah that I've,
0: <laughs> I've, I've always been interested in it, and it, it, it was on playstation plus not that long ago so i picked it up and i was that was a good playstation plus game to get but yeah guys this has been spot dodge not live this week but we'll be live next week with the whole crew brett thank you for hanging out with me i'm gonna close it up quick you can find brett at uh at at brett underscore larson
1: Nope, B underscore Lars 24.
0: okay. I should have known that. I always log into your your stuff (laughs) on, like, all the cable (laughs) networks that I use of yours. All of
1: our streaming stuff we share, (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, I basically just use yours, but, yeah, (laughs) we share. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah, so please once again leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It would really mean a lot. And if you want to find me, I'm at Twitter at Brett NLL and you can find me on the destructoid TikTok where we're doing all sorts of funny stuff and giving away consoles and everything. So go follow us on there. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Goodbye.